Hello, welcome back. Hi, hope you're feeling well. My name is Ellie Angel Mobs, a proud ambassador for Endometriosis Australia. I've teamed up with the amazing team there to create this podcast, get the conversation out there about the illness that affects one in nine. It's called Living with Endo, the A to Z of Endometriosis. And it's all that conversations around living with endo, chatting to experts, helping you get through your day-to-day struggles that we do experience when you've got this debilitating disease. Now, in this episode, I get to catch up with a former elite ballerina turned filmmaker who has created a special film called Endo Girl. Yep, a film all about endometriosis. Who would have thought? Her name is Sophia Bender and she is one of our endo champions. And here she is telling us all about her endo story and the film Endo Girl. Enjoy. Sophia, hello. Thank you so much for wanting to come on. Thank you so much for having me. You have been very busy lately. Uh, you've a sea change for you, moving from Victoria back to Tasmania to Hobart. Yes, it's been so lovely to come back home and reconnect with, you know, all my friends and family down here. And yeah, it's been really, really lovely. So you have an incredible story to share with us, including being an elite ballerina to then going through struggles of endo. Now you've you've made a film. We're going to talk all about this podcast. So tell us first, when did you first learn about endometriosis? Yeah, well, it was a long journey, as it is for most people. <laughs> um, I hadn't actually heard of endo until I kind of got my suspected diagnosis. But I started to get really bad symptoms when I was studying over at WAPA um, in WA, which is the Western Australian Academy of Performing Arts. And I was doing a three-year um, ballet degree there. And I think it was kind of in the second and third year, I was suffering from a lot of other dancing injuries as well. And I started to get really bizarre symptoms and they weren't really correlating with my period. So I'd never, you know, when I went to a GP, I never mentioned anything about my period (laughs) because I didn't think it had anything to do with what was going on. Well, you but... don't really think about it. Well, uh, times no. are changing now, but we were educated growing up. It's just the norm. Periods will be painful. That's just what you do. Oh, absolutely. And one of my worst symptoms was I had this really severe bloating. And so, you know, I was a tiny little ballet dancer, you know, a really fit athlete at the time. And it happened really suddenly. And I remember just messaging my friend this photo of my stomach and saying, you know, what's this? I don't know what this bloating is. This is really bizarre. And so I went to see uh, my GP and she felt my stomach and she said, oh, are you you sure you're not pregnant? And I said, yes, I'm still a virgin. (laughs) I'm not pregnant um, unless it's a miracle. Um, And she said, oh, well, I think I'm going to get you to take a pregnancy test anyway. And, you know, in this moment, like I was all alone over in Perth. My family was in Tasmania and it was just like soul wrenching and so um, embarrassing and yeah, just really debilitating. And especially being, yeah, being someone who stares at your body all day in the mirror, perfecting how you look and, you know, trying to get everything perfect and feeling like, you know, you've already got issues, I guess, 
with your body image, well, I know I probably did a little bit over the years, you're quite self-conscious. And, you know, I had to go back to ballet and we were only allowed to wear a leotard. We weren't allowed to wear a skirt. So I was standing there trying to hold my, well, as I know now, my endo belly. Yeah. I mean... I'm sure all the warriors out there can relate how painful it is trying to suck that in. Oh, I had it really bad yesterday and I'm walking around and I always say to my husband, I'm like, look, I've got a little food baby growing. Like, it's just the worst. And until you've experienced it, you don't understand. But, you know, for you especially, as you've described, you're just there wearing a leotard and you're probably like, that would just probably really reek with uh, the mind as well, because you'd be thinking, oh, is there a teacher there judging me? Because I imagine in the ballet world, it's quite competitive and there's a lot of body image, as you mentioned, the issues and stuff like that. So it really would, um, you know, eat away at you. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, I remember this one class, I just decided that I was going to wear a skirt. Like we were allowed to wear skirts for our repertoire um, classes, but we weren't for just our normal um, everyday class. And I remember just thinking, I'm just going to wear my skirt today because I felt like it would have been more awkward for the teacher to tell me to take it off. So I thought, I don't think she's going to do anything. And thankfully she didn't. But, you know, everyone was kind of looking and thinking, oh, you know, what's what's going on with her? And like I was taking a lot of time off and, yeah, just all these strange symptoms. And I think looking back now as well, you know, over all those years, I was actually getting my period every three weeks to the day. And I didn't, it's really funny. Like I never thought that that was unusual. I knew that it was maybe a bit outside the norm, but I never stopped and thought, oh, well, should I get that checked out? Or like, it just, there were so many other things going on with ballet in my life that I just went along with it and Pushed I knew it to the side. Yeah, I knew every 3 weeks to the day I'm going to get my period and that's how my cycle was during that time. And so getting towards the end of my degree at Whopper, I'd kind of come to terms with the fact that my body wasn't going to hold up for a full-time career in ballet. And how old were you at that time? So at that time I was 21. 21 and you dedicated your life to ballet so I moved I left Tassie when I was 16 um I studied for years at the McDonald College in Wap um yeah in Sydney and then I went to Wapa but it was very um confronting coming to terms with it and I think endo did play a factor at the time but I I wasn't aware of it or really knew what was going on and I'd always had issues with my bowels as well and I just put it down to being nervous a lot of the time because it was a highly strung routine and schedule that I was going through and I was diagnosed with IBS as well which a lot of people are and I kind of just thought you know this is just my life this is how I cope with things but I actually turned to film as a creative and emotional outlet because Mm. I spent a lot of time just sitting on the floor having to, you know, watch class when I was unable to dance and I was meant to be writing ballet notes and I did for, you know, probably the first few months, but the mind does wander and I started to write stories and my feelings and emotions and we actually had to make a film for our choreography class and I... Um, I turned to film and I just took it really seriously. It was like, 
I'd been a prisoner chained to the floor or sort of in this glass cube watching everyone around me. And all of a sudden, like I picked up this camera and I just ran with it. I, you know, I didn't feel restricted or held back. I felt fully capable for the first time in a few years. And this is where my teacher told me that I should try out for a film school. Had you been diagnosed with endo by this point or not? No, I tried out for some film schools at, during the last few months at WAPA and I was lucky enough to get into the VCA in Melbourne and I found out um, I was back home for the summer and I found out I got in and then the next day actually I woke up and had these really severe pains, really bad cramps. I'd never experienced them before. Um, and I was home alone and I actually fainted and I was by myself and I managed to, when I woke up, call my mum and she said, well, I'm just going to call an ambulance because they'll get there before I can. And so ended up going into the hospital. And when I got there, as soon as I arrived, I got my period. And then thankfully, and I still to this day, thank this nurse, she said, oh, well, if you just got your period followed by these pains, you might have endometriosis. And that was the seed that began my proper journey to a diagnosis. Wow. And so that's the very first time you had heard the word endo. Yeah. And I, I found out um, that my auntie actually had it as well. And she may have mentioned something about it to me over the years, but I mean, I've been away since I was 16 as well. So I wasn't, you know, I wasn't at home having conversations with my family, you know, at all the birthday parties and all the gatherings. I was kind of away from all of them. So, so when, how old were you when this happened? So I was 21 and then I went to see a gynecologist straight after this and I was referred to see one from the hospital and they said, you know, it's likely that you probably do have endometriosis. And uh, he spoke about the surgery and I wasn't, I was kind of in denial, which I find a lot of people are when they first get diagnosed. Mm -hmm. I, I don't know if you've experienced this over the last couple of years, but I was a bit like, oh, okay, well, you know, I might have this thing, but I won't be one of the people that have it really bad. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that was me. I was like, no, I don't need to worry about the surgery. No, I just push it aside years and years and years later. It's like, oh, maybe I should go and look into that thing that the doctor probably said it would be, but, you know, now I'm really sick and lo and behold, they go in, I have the surgery and it's stage four discovered. So I think oh, denial is one of the things. Isn't it? And it's just like, so I then went off to start you know this new career at VCA and I'm doing film and it's really exciting and you know I think as my body slowed down from the dancing and the elite exercise I think it really started to come to the surface at that point and I actually had just entered into my first ever relationship and so I was 22 at this point in my first year there and um, very quickly got into this relationship and then found out, of course, that sex was very painful. And this is when I think I started to realise something was really wrong mm. and that I did need to pursue going ahead with the surgery and the emotional side of it 
was probably more debilitating than the actual physical side of it. Mm. Um, and I, I pushed on for a few more years and it was hard trying to find the time to actually have the surgery because I was doing a really, you know, elite film degree. You know, there was only 17 of us in the country that got in each year and, you know, it was quite physical, um, not to the same degree as ballet was. I was able to get through, but it was five days a week full time. And then when our film shoots were on, you know, we had to give up weekend days and stuff as well. So it wasn't until the end of my second year that I actually went ahead and had my surgery. And it was endo. <laughs> when they went in, they diagnosed me with endometriosis I still don't actually really know what stage it was mm. and I think I was just so uneducated about it and I even don't know if I had deep excision or ablation or what I actually had and I think you know this just goes to show now the little awareness and education that we need to go forward and be our own advocate for the disease. You mentioned that you started your very first relationship. How do you have a conversation with someone if you've just started dating and you've noticed that things, um, you know, aren't right and that you're in pain because it can be such an an awkward thing to talk about and you don't know how they're going to respond. I know. I mean, I think I told him very early on that, you know, I just probably have this thing called endometriosis. I don't believe he knew what it was. Like, I actually think I remember now, and I, this is funny, I haven't thought about this for like six or seven years, but I had one of those great books that was like a girl's guide to, or a woman's guide to life, or I don't know. And it just went through all these different things that, you know, happen to women and about, well, starting off with periods, but then going into, you know, lots of things later in life and stuff like menopause and all the different stages. And I remember actually reading it to him because I I wasn't educated enough to even confidently say what it was and I think that's actually how I told him which is quite funny looking back I'd actually forgotten about that but you know I was very um I'd lived a very sheltered ballet life like I actually hadn't even kissed anyone until I was with him and I was 22 at the time so it was very intense and a lot to take on board and Mm. You know, there's so many aspects of endometriosis that can affect a relationship. And I was trying to kind of navigate, you know, what it was like to be in a relationship and all these new overwhelming feelings. But then I think it was actually bringing my endo to the surface because of the painful sex. And then this would aggravate it. And I just felt so much guilt and so much shame. And then I felt like, he then felt guilt and shame because I felt guilt and shame and it was like this awful, vicious cycle and the relationship didn't last. Um, It didn't last very long at all actually, but it really affected me and it actually was what drove me to go ahead and create Endo Girl. Yeah, which is the film that I'd love to talk about and it's interesting the words that you mention, guilt 
shame. We spoke about denial before. Uh, they're mm-hmm. three key words that always pop up in my mind when I chat to my yeah. psychologist. And she said that that's quite a common thing for people who do have a chronic illness. There is that guilt, that shame element. They feel like they're a burden to their partners and their families and stuff like that. And it's really important that you, you try and train your brain to not think that way. And I that's why the team at Endo Australia are fantastic because yeah. you know, we're able to find this support network around us to be able to be open and honest with each other and go, oh, okay, you you feel the same way. Right, so it's not me. I'm not crazy. It's not all in my head. Exactly. And I think this was really as well what drove me to wanting to create Endo Girl. And I just finished the degree by this time and I started working at the Australian Ballet as one of their filmmakers. And I felt like I was ready to create my next big film and I was struggling a lot with endo myself and a lot of these feelings you know that we just spoke about and I was like I'm a filmmaker and I have so much power to make a difference and use my voice through what I do and I thought I have to make a film about endometriosis because you know, as I started to research into it more, I was like, there are 200 million other warriors out there. And I, I didn't know anyone with endo at the time, really anyone close to me when I started off on the journey of creating the film. And I thought, I'm not alone here. Mm. Neither are these other 200 million warriors. And we all feel that way. So I wanted to create something that would not only educate society, but, you know, make these women feel like, you know, they weren't alone in this and, and bring us together in a way that was uplifting and inspiring. But, you know, also have this film for people to show others that this is what we go through and this is serious. And I wanted the film to be really intense and violating and, and almost, it's actually edited and made in a way that mimics endometriosis so it goes through it's like a roller coaster watching it you know you're on the edge of your seat and then it'll kind of calm down for a while and you feel like you can get your breath back and then all of a sudden out of nowhere like it takes off and it's really intense again and it almost you know you're sitting on the edge of your seat waiting for it to calm down And it almost just goes that little bit too long, you know, like those intense emotions. And I know a lot of people afterwards said that they felt like that when they watched it, which was amazing because I want people who don't have endo to kind of experience for 20 minutes what it feels like in a way. I mean, they can't, you know, physically feel what it feels like, but emotionally kind of go through that roller coaster with us. Here is just a snippet of it. Check out the trailer. Endometriosis. It's a disease where tissues similar to the endometrium, the lining of the uterus that's shed during menstruation, is found in locations outside the uterus, forming growths known as lesions. Invisible. It feels like my issue. It was so foreign. Just one of the I had a disease, and it was a disease that was for life. There was no cure. They cut me open from my belly button to my pubic bone, and the pain just doesn't go away. You can't leave your body. It joined my organs together, crushing my inside. I thought my periods were normal because they were normal for me. 
suffering. I feel really helpless, like I can't do anything. There's just nothing that they can Endo girl, it is magnificent. You found 13 endo warriors and they're sharing their stories of what it is like to live with endo. I can't believe some of the ages of people that are on this. Really, I was shocked by it. It was really important to me when bringing together the team of warriors for this film that I I wanted to have a really diverse range of ages and experiences. So I almost had like a bit of a checklist of what I needed to tick off. Like I wanted someone specifically who was 12 years old, who had just started their journey. I wanted someone who was in their 50s and to tell their experience from their whole life with this disease. I wanted to make sure I had someone who'd had a hysterectomy, someone who you know, had really struggled with infertility so that I I wanted all the warriors to feel like they could connect to the film and part of their story was in there. Because as you know, it's so diverse, the range of symptoms and, and things that it causes. Like one of the women, you know, she was in her 40s when she was diagnosed and she hadn't had any crippling pain in her life. She'd had low iron and really bad migraines, but that was kind of it. And so she um, ended up having a really bad cyst and she went in and they ended up operating on it. And when they went in, they were like, oh my God, that she had stage four endo. Everything was connected together. It was really horrific and really bad. She was in her 40s. She'd never heard of endo. She'd never had the crippling pains. And, and so stories like this were really important for me and kind of breaking down the stigma and the different stereotypes, I guess, as well. It was very important to have Yazzie, the 12-year-old girl. She hasn't, well, at the time, she hadn't formally been diagnosed because she was too young at that stage to have the surgery. She'd only had her period for a couple of months but was already suffering with bad pain. And her sister is also in the film who has endo and her mother has it and her auntie has it. So it was almost inevitable that she would be going down that path. But yeah, she was such a huge part of the film and I was just so grateful for her bravery and vulnerability in in getting up there and talking about it at such a young age. It gave me a lot of hope for the next generation, actually. There is a lot of inspirational young people who I've uh, met as well. I absolutely agree with you. So for more info on watching Sophia's film Endo Girl and also the campaign she's teamed up with Endo Australia for Nine to Shine for Endometriosis, it is all about raising money, Um, get to endometriosisaustralia.org. Sophia, you have got an amazing story. Story. Look at you shine. And just quickly, what would be your one big piece of advice to someone who has just commenced their journey with endo? I think to know that you're not alone and there are so many other people out there going through what you are going through. I really encourage you to try and find those people. There are so many support groups online and know that it is okay to feel how you are feeling don't push it aside take it on board and find the people who will support you to go through what you're going through so yeah that that would be my advice
Sophia, thank you so much for being on the podcast. An amazing chat and very inspirational. Thank you so much for having me. That was Endo Champ for Endometriosis Australia, Sophia. And as we mentioned, the film Endo Girl, um, she's actually doing something very exciting at the moment. It's called Nine to Shine for Endometriosis. 99 days, $9 donations, $9 million. If you'd like to see more information, you can check it out right now at the endometriosisaustralia.org website. That is also the place which is a wealth of information when it comes to everything you need to know about this disease, from webinars, blogs, to this podcast. So much you can learn. That place to go to, endometriosisaustralia.org. And I look forward to bringing you another podcast very soon on Living With Endo, the A to Z of endometriosis. Stay safe. Bye.